You are now listening to the Major Jobs Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Major Jobs Podcast. Today I got to talk to a firefighter. He worked as a firefighter for 10 years, over 10 years, and his name is Adam and he's just the most amazing person to be doing this episode because he's really knowledgeable about what it's like working as a firefighter in different areas there's differences in like a metropolitan area and also a rural area and he's also really good at giving instructions or like just explaining things in ways that people that don't understand it and don't have that experience they can really understand it and he's just really good at explaining things and I think that he was such an amazing person to be able to talk to Um, this is going to be split into two parts the first part is talking more about you know the beginnings like what do you have to do to begin being a firefighter and then the next part we're going to talk about how firefighting has been affected because of the coronavirus pandemic and also some of the tougher sides of becoming a firefighter but in this episode we're going to talk a lot about what it's like to begin and around that kind of area so without further ado here is that episode thanks for listening so what is your job title Currently, it's nurse anesthetist. I'm a CRNA, um, but I was a, a professional uh, firefighter paramedic for about 10 years, and I worked in a multitude of settings. Um, I worked in two different states. Um, I started my career in Utah uh, and then eventually came to Texas um, and finished out my career here in the Houston area. So when you're a firefighter, I think like... We all know what a firefighter does, but maybe you could be just be a little more specific, I guess. Like, what would you say, like, your job description is? Like, what did you do? Well, it's it's basic public safety stuff. So it's, uh, you know, responding to, to medical emergencies, fire emergencies, uh, rescue situations, and even, even some odd stuff. Like, people would call us to, you know, help with their fire systems sometimes and you know, alarms are, are also another big aspect of the job, whether they're automatic fire alarms or smoke alarms or those type of those type of things, gas alarms. Um, so it's a pretty wide ranging job. It's not just, you know, responding to fire calls. It's that's actually um, the smallest amount of calls you're going to make as a as a firefighter is responding to actual fires. Um, the most common call you're going to make is by about 80 percent is going to be medical calls. So medical emergencies. Um, and then after that, probably the next most common call you're going to make are going to be, uh, fire alarms, automatic alarms, those type of things. But, uh, the amount of, of actual fires that occur, um, has thankfully gone down quite a bit uh, in the United States. Um, a lot of that has to do with, with the fire codes that have been passed with the new types of constructions, with the uh, prevalence of fire suppression systems and uh, the regulation of those. And uh, also even down to the types of automobiles we use now, whereas back in the old days when cars had carburetors, they used to catch on fire a lot. Uh, and now with fuel injection, automobile fires are, are pretty rare. You know, they, they still happen, but nothing like they used to happen in the you know, 70s and 80s. Mm-hmm. So how long were you actually working as a firefighter? About 10 years. Um, I started off working um, as a volunteer, which is really 
common. Uh, that's actually about most people kind of get into it. And then I, I transitioned from that into a, into a paid after going through you know, fire academy and paramedic school. I, I started off working as a, as a career fireman with uh, Provo Fire Department in, in Utah. That's right there in the middle of the state. And it's a, it's a medium-sized city. It's about, about 150,000 people roughly now, um, depending on, on whether or not you know, BYU is, is, is in, or not. Yeah, BYU, <laughs> it, that's it, uh, no Provo for. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So it was, it was a medium-sized apartment. It had five stations. Um, it was a little over 100 guys at the time. Um, I haven't been there since '03, so I, I don't I don't know what their situation's like now. I know that that area's grown a lot, but I'm sure that they've grown with that. Uh, but then I moved out here to to, to the Houston area, and uh, I began working for a, a small city right in the middle of 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 Houston. So it's a city within a city kind of a situation, and we were a small, uh, very wealthy community actually called West University Place. Uh, that's for, like from the article I sent you there is where I was working at the time. And so we only covered about 20,000 people. It was a single station. And we were pretty slow. We read about five calls a day was average. Um, but I worked all over the county, though, as part-time, which is a really common thing for, for full-time firefighters. You know, you, the schedule that you tend to work is usually 24-hour shifts. And uh, wow. sometimes it's, it's, it's different than that. But usually it's 24-hour shifts. And there's different ways of, of marching that out. But um, that leaves you with a lot of time off. You know, you work on average about 11 days a month. So that's a lot of time down. And it's very common for, you know, the professional firefighters to go out and, and do side jobs. Um, now, whether they work at other um, departments is like a part-time basis, which is what I did frequently. I worked um, all over the Harris County area, all the way from like Katy, Texas to Channel View, Texas. I worked even for, for some private places um, like Astro World at the time. I was a paramedic there. Wow. Yeah. So it's, I've really wow. and kind of done it all. I've done rural, like very rural. I've done very metro. I've done you know industrial stuff. I've done kind of kind of bit of everything in my in my ten years. I was kind of lucky to be able to get to. You move around and experience a lot. Wow. So can you talk a little bit about the differences between a metro area and a rural area and maybe like which one do you prefer? Sure. Um, now, you know, the rural areas obviously tend to be smaller, you know, agrarian or uh, just lower population density. And so you're usually going to have lower call volumes there. Um, you know, I would say rural is probably less than you know, less than 20,000 people in the community. Um, that's, that's probably pretty average, I would say. And a lot of those departments are, are volunteer, if not most of them. Um, it really kind of depends on the state and the community and uh, the funding available in those communities to whether or not they're going to be able to afford to pay people or, you know, whether or not they're going to um, have just all volunteer. And it's, it really greatly varies depending on the community. It's quite odd, actually. Like, for example, uh, when I worked in Utah, um, it was quite common for almost all the small communities to have volunteers. And those communities tried to convert to a paid, you know, fire department as quickly as they could. So they were, as soon as they could, you know, afford it and justify it, they were wanting to get, you know, a, a paid, uh, you know, uh, 
professional responding service there. And for a lot of reasons, one, it decreases your, your insurances. And uh, also it may, makes your community safer when you have a, you know, a two, three minute response time versus a, you know, 20 minute response time. That's a big difference when your house is on fire, <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. you know, and, and that's, that literally means the difference between, you know, people living and dying. And uh, so then I, when I moved out here to Texas, at least in the, in the Southeast region down here, it was kind of the opposite, you know, where, where you had these very urban uh, communities, like take, for example, Pasadena, Texas, uh, which is in the um, Southeast Houston area. Uh, that's a very large metro area. And that's, that's like you know, 200,000 people or more. And they are still all volunteer. And you know, they have like 10 stations. So uh, it's just kind of weird. It really varies from community to community as far as, you know, what type of system you're going to have available to you and and what type of options you're going to have and, and the response times and, and all of that. It's just uh, quite a lot of variety. Wow. So... Um... In terms of volunteer firemen, are they usually like younger aged people or just like it doesn't it doesn't it's a matter, total like, mix. It's, it's a, a total, total mix. mix. It's it's mostly younger guys. I mean, because they're you know, they got the, the time and yeah. you know <laughs> they can and the energy to do it, to be honest, you know. Uh, but you get a mix. Um, it it a large part of the volunteering aspect of it is a social aspect. It's kind of a club. You know, it's, it's a, mm-hmm. it's a hobby for lack of a better word. You know, people want to do this thing cause it's, it's a fun hobby. It's a, it's an automatic, you know, group of friends, you know, you show up and you got 20 friends right off the bat, mm-hmm. you know? So it's, mm-hmm. it's a great, you know, social aspect. And that's, that's why I think you see, you know, at least in this region, why some communities are so resistant to converting over to, to paid professionals because you know, these volunteer guys, they don't want to give up their hobby. You know, they don't want to give up that mm-hmm. network. And I completely understand that. I mean, because that's one of the biggest perks of the job is is that, you know, it is a it is a kind of a brotherhood or fraternity or yeah. or whatever you want to call it. You know, it's 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 a instant friendships. You know, it's it's why it's mm-hmm. very nice. So did you always know that you wanted to work? As a firefighter from an early age, like when you were a kid, you said you wanted to be a firefighter? Yeah, I did, actually. I, I was, you know, I, I think that's pretty common, too. I mean, when I was, um, you know, in high school, I remember I was about my beginning of my senior year, and I was kind of thinking, well, I don't know what I want, what do I want to do and what seems interesting. And, and uh, I remember, you know, in a small t- town at the time, and I drove by, you know, car accidents and I would think, man, you know, it'd be kind of neat to, to be a part of that team and to help people. And, and I was kind of drawn towards the, that altruistic sense of, you know, I, I like, I like helping people. I derive a great sense of satisfaction from, from helping people. And so it kind of naturally kind of appealed to me. And I decided during the last part of my high school year there that I was going to look into it. And so I did. And, and at the time at Utah, they had just started up their, their first, you know, fire Academy within the state that was, um, done through Utah Valley state college, uh, which is now Utah Valley state university. But, uh, so I was in the second class that went through there in uh, 98 and, uh, yeah. So I went through a fire Academy there right out of high school and, and, you know, volunteered a little bit here and there with some community, different communities. 
and uh, eventually went through paramedic school and graduated in 2000. And then uh, I got picked up with uh, Provo Fire Department there as a, as a career fireman. Wow. What, um, so uh, did you work as a volunteer fireman during school? Yes, I did. Um, I got certified before I was volunteering because just kind of how it worked out. Um, but you usually don't have to do that. You know, most volunteer places, you know, you don't have to be certified to start volunteering. They, a lot of them will train you because that's, you know, they're not going to, they're, they're hurting for people to come, you know, usually now, especially, so they're not going to try to make that barrier there. But, um, but yeah, I, I got certified before and, and just started off with a, a small, you know, up and coming community called Eagle Mountain. Uh, which is in Utah County, um, and that's where I kind of started off volunteering there. And it was a, a new department, and and so I kind of helped you know start that and build that up. And it's it's now since moved uh, from what I understand f- from a volunteer to a, I believe it's now part of the uh, Unified Fire Authority. Um, so they're they're paid guys now, I believe. Wow, wow. So um, I guess you can like shift now to what the daily schedule kind of was like for firefighters so what was it like maybe from the beginning of the work day to the end and i know it's like 24 hour shifts so Mm -hmm. um, and you know it ranges a lot because every day is different but maybe just like in general what would it be like for a day Sure. the typical shift starts usually pretty early you know 6 37 is normal so you report to your station, uh, and then once you're there, they do kind of do a head count, make sure everybody's there, and then they usually um, issue your assignments for the day. And again, this all kind of depends on what department you work for and, and, and their setup, but pretty commonly, it's, it's you're going to um, be assigned a certain job, you know, whether you're um, a, a pipeman, they call it, the different terms, whether you're called writing backwards or you're a pipeman. Or you're the or plug guy, or or you're riding the back of the fire engine basically, or you might be assigned to drive the fire engine that day, or you might you know depending on whether or not they have you know paid officers or paid what they call engineers or chauffeurs, kind of depends on what they call them based on the location. But um, so you you get your assignment and then you you start you know your daily routine of usually first thing is get your gear on the truck, get ready to respond to a call right away. Okay. Then you got to start doing your apparatus checkouts. You know, every single day, you you go through that, you know, that truck with a fine tooth comb. You make sure the equipment's there, make sure it's in good working order. You know, you test the saws. You know, you, you run the equipment, make sure it's running, because you don't want to be running out onto a, you know onto a fire ground and go, oh crap, I, I don't have this tool that I need. You know, or it's not working. You know, that's not the time to figure it out. So. You know, it's religiously done that, that you come in, you check those trucks out. You clean them up is usually the next thing you do. You, know, you wash them. You know, keep them looking good for the public. People don't want to see their their public property looking, you know, beat up and run down. You know, they like to see it shiny, you know. And uh, it's also kind of to fill your day with work, too, to be honest. You know, that's also just part of it, too, is you got 24 hours to be there. So we're going to find some work for you to do, <laughs> which is fine. And then once you've done the the kind of the maintenance aspects of the vehicles and the checkouts, then it comes into the station stuff. You know, then you got like household duties you got to do. You know, it's, you got to get the meals planned for the day. You got to feed the guys. We're here all day, so let's figure out what we're doing. You know, some stations they will you know go in the shop early and they'll do all three meals. You know, some places go out to eat. 
you know, some people, you know, some stations do both, you know, so it's kind of a mix depending on, on your crew and, your, and where you're working. But usually it's let's plan the meals and then it's let's do the station maintenance. Let's make sure that the stations are clean because, as you know, everybody knows living at home, no one likes to, to you know, clean up after other people's messes. And so to uh, part of maintaining a happy home is, is maintaining a clean home. And so you got to make sure the stations is, is clean also, because if you don't, then you're going to catch hell for it when <laughs> the uh-huh. next shift comes on and you will hear about it. So, yeah. That's part of it too. So it's 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 kind of a mostly your 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 daily routine is just those maintenance type things, and then responding to calls. You know, is is an ever present you know thing. It's at any time that bell's gonna alarm's gonna go off, and you never know when, and you never know what it's gonna be. And that's part of the exciting thing about the job. That's one of the things that really kind of appealed to me is that I liked that uncertainty. I liked not having to do the same thing over and over again every day i mean other than the maintenance thing that is described but i mean but as far as like the, the calls go it's it's different every single call and so that's you know that's that kind of uncertainty is it was exciting you know and then there's also some other aspects of the jobs too that you can do um like inspections are are common so you got to do like sometimes got to do um fire safety inspections or uh plans review for construction and stuff like that you know now whether or not that's carried out at the individual company level or whether that's done by your by your fire marshal's office within within the department really depends on the size of the department you know like the really big departments they've got they've got whole divisions that that's all they do and so that the the line guys they're not doing the the inspections and that stuff like that you know that's that's carried out by by inspect by paid inspectors but for you know medium to small size departments, that's not the case. You know, it's it's usually the, the 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 guys do everything. You know. Wow. So there's like a lot of different things that you need to know how to do to be a firefighter. So what would you say are like some important personality traits you need to have to be successful in the job? Like what is some what are some things that people should start doing and just like start being if they want to go into being a firefighter? Well, again, I'd say that the first and foremost is you got to have that altruistic sense. You got to want to be there. You got to want to help people. You know, if you're the type of person that gets annoyed when someone asks you for help, uh, this isn't the job for you. You know, what I mean, like it's it's you got to have a common interest in in uh, in humanity and wanting to you know see your 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 friends and family and community be healthy and 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 uh, be safe and. So you gotta want to, you know, help people. Number one, and then number two, I would say that this is probably a very close second. Is you gotta be willing to work in a team. Um, it's very much a team sport. Um, you know, it's not a, a singular person that that is out there, you know, getting his jobs done. It's a team every single time. And so, in a team environment, there are certain traits that that. You have to kind of have to be successful at that. You, you need to be able to get along with people. You know, you you got to kind of be somewhat agreeable. You know, if you're a super disagreeable person, you're not going to do well in the fire service. You're going to get ran out of there because <laughs> uh-huh. uh-huh. people got to be able to live with you, literally. You know, and and uh-huh. you you got to understand that you're going to spend a third of your life with these people. You know, as 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 much as your family, or even more so in some circumstances. So. You know, you got to have you know good interpersonal skills, good communication skills. You know, teamwork is is, is super important uh, to success in that. 
Um, and also it, it, it's good to be able to, to have, you know, like I said, communication skills on the level of, of, you know, like for example, introverts, I was kind of an introvert when I started and, and the job cured me of that. <laughs> not that it's necessarily a bad thing. I'm, you know, I'm not bashing introverts, but I'm just saying, you know, you need to, to be comfortable going up and talking to people that you don't know at all, you know, especially when they're at their most vulnerable, when they're hurt really bad or they're really sick or, you know, you need to be comfortable just walking into strange places in dangerous places, you know, and, you know, with, with no notice, <laughs> literally it's, you know, the bell rings, here you go, we're off to the races. And so, um, you gotta be able to kind of handle that, that uncertainty. And, and some, some people, you know, don't like that. You know, like my wife is kind of like that, you know, she likes her routine. She likes her, you know, the same things be the same way all the time. And mm-hmm. so you like, like that type of job wouldn't sit well with her. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So would you say like you learned a lot of these aspects in schooling or like, what did you actually do when in the fire Academy? So, yeah, the, the, a lot of that comes from the academy, yes. Uh, so the interpersonal skills part of it, for sure. I mean, you start learning that right off the bat. I mean, because you have to train as a team, you know, just the same as you work as a team. So um, you need to start learning those skills, like, right away. Those That, that will be foisted upon you immediately. Um, and then, like, as far as, like, how the academies are typically run, again, that varies based off of off the academies you go to. And... And entry into this career really depends heavily on on where you are, you know. Uh, you know, like if you're in New York City versus in, you know, rural Alabama, like it's a radically different career path, you know. Um, so for most people, I would say, um, that are outside of major cities, I would say that you're usually going to have to seek out an academy. So, and those academies are usually done um, through community colleges. Um, a lot of times, you know, sometimes other departments will host academies. Um, that's common too. some of the bigger volunteer, uh, departments will do that. They'll, they'll, they'll like maybe once a year, they'll host an academy, you know, or, or, or training program. So you're going to have to kind of, you know, put your time in to look around and see what, what your community has to offer and, and, and see, see what you, what you can do with that. But, Typically, you know, for people looking to get into the career, um, you're going to have to get the certifications in advance. Um, that's kind of the trend, and it's been that way for about about 20 years now. It's, you know, back in the old days, it used to be, you know, frankly, a lot of nepotism. You know, if you knew, you know, your buddies and somebody's in the fire department, yeah, we'll put in a good word for you. You get you in here, and we'll train you to be a fireman. It's not like that anymore. Now there's there's a lot of you know certifications that are required. Um, so typically, to be a, a career fireman now, you're going to have to be a certified firefighter. And again, those certifications depend on the state. So there's different levels of it. Um, it's pretty common to have like a fire one, fire two certification. Um, and then you're also usually going to have to have an EMS certification. Um, now, whether there's again there's different levels of that too that depend on the state. But the typical levels are are EMT basic. EM, advanced EMT or EMT intermediate, and then paramedic, which is the highest level. And the, and the hour requirements um, greatly vary based on, on those levels. Um, so EMT basic is basically like a, a one semester course, you know, 120 hour roughly, give or take. And then paramedic would be um, by two semesters, you know, it's 
And actually, they're even having degree programs now for paramedics. I've, I've seen that. When, when I went through paramedic school, they, did, they didn't have that, but they do have those now, um, the two-year degrees for, for becoming a paramedic. Now, now whether or not you have to have the degree, uh, you know, to get a job is 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 debatable. It's going to depend on on the, on the agency you're trying to get hired at, and the requirements will vary from agency to agency. So, typically, though, but to answer your question again, once once you get your certifications, then you got to go start testing for the job. So you need to start figuring out. You got to search all these you know, departments in the in the area that you want think you want to live and work in. And it's choosing a fire department is kind of like choosing a spouse. You know, it's really kind of like that. It really, it's a kind of a long-term commitment. You know what I mean? Because it's, it's difficult to move around. Um, it's not like an, you can just quit this department and then go work at another department very easily. Um, those are called lateral moves. And those are difficult to do. Those are pretty rare. Most people tend to stick with the first department that they, that they work for, you know, usually. Not always, but usually. Because it is such a pain to move around, so I would say choose wisely. You know, you know, do your homework, put your time in, and see, you know, where you think you want to live, where you think you'd want to work. Look at the pay structures, you know, and the promotion opportunities that you that you, you think you might want. Um, you got to kind of look forward into the future, you know, beyond just getting the job. Just kind of where do you see yourself in five years? Where do you see yourself in ten years? So you got to kind of ask yourself those questions, and then you start testing. And the testing process, again, it varies based off of department to department. So uh, most departments, how it works is you apply for the job, and then so you get your initial application and whatever documentation that they want. They'll set requirements for applications. Now, usually the requirements for applications are holding a certain levels of certifications. That's, I would say, nine times out of ten, you're going to have to have certifications before you can apply. Some of the really big departments, like like FDNY and you know Chicago and some of those other ones, you don't. You can you can come right off of the street. Uh, Houston's one also. You can come right off the street and have no certifications, and they will train you, you know, from the ground up. So that's an option too. You know, if you want to work in the big metro departments. Um, you know, there's those great opportunities in those, in those, you know, uh, there's a lot more promotional opportunities, uh, a lot more movement opportunities. Pay is usually a little bit better, you know, um, but then you got to deal with all the big city stuff, you know, all the big city uh, issues, you know, <laughs> a little more dangerous of a job in the big city, depending on the community you work in, you know, like uh, some, some stations, like for example, here in the Houston area, there are some, some districts that, man, they're burning stuff down almost every day. And then there's some communities like where I worked where we made a handful of fire structure fires a year. So it, it just varies wildly, you know, based off of your location and your response district. So, And that's going to do it for this episode of the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And I really appreciate it. You can always follow me on Instagram at Major Jobs Podcast or email me if you have an interesting job, tealand at majorjobs.org. Again, thank you so much for listening. I'll see you in the next episode. And thank you so much to Adam for being on this episode. He was so amazing. And I can't wait to have him back for another interview. 
Thanks for listening to the Major Jobs Podcast. If you liked it, please be sure to follow us on Instagram at Major Jobs Podcast. If you have an interesting career and want to be featured on the show, send us an email at majorjobspodcast at gmail.com with your job title and college major if applicable. Again, thanks for listening. And remember, life happens wherever you are, whether you make it or not.